0: Yeah! <laughs> First time, long time. 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 time, long time. time, long time.
1: Hey there, sports fans! First time, long time. I'm Tony Fitzgerald. He's Richie Barone. Richie, how are you? Here,
0: You know, I'm doing pretty good. Spring training is underway. We got everyone down there in Port St. Lucie. It's the one time of year that all those, you know, there's a lot of activity down there. All those old people, they put on their flowered shirts and their little Panama hats. And, uh, you know, they're they're showing people to their seats. It's, you know, keeps them young. It's a a nice little thing the Mets do going down there. Um, You know, off the bat, I got to tell you something. What do you think of them changing the name of the stadium? from tradition field to first data field.
1: Yeah, could I tell you, I, I saw that, I didn't love it, but as long as the baseball annies are coming to the ballpark and the beers are still flowing post-game at that weird bar and grill that everyone goes to, I'm, I'm a happy camper.
0: I'm an old-school guy, and that sounds, you know, to me, the first data thing it sounds like some liberal garbage. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't. I want to go down there, I want to experience tradition, all right? I want to feel like I'm back in the old days, Uh, in the nineties when I was growing up where, where hot dogs were, uh, were like $5, not like a nickel, like our grandparents, but you know, cheaper than they are now.
1: It's like when you had the, uh, the Enron field. It,
0: it, right, it's like the Enron field, a bunch of libs, and you saw what happened at Enron, right? So what happens is, you know, you go. You used to go when you were younger, your dad would wear, he'd put you on his lap in his short shorts, he'd have like a like a tie-dye shirt on or something, it was really crazy, maybe a mustache, and those were the good old days, that was tradition. Now we got first data, a bunch of nerds or computers just pecking away over there, uh, probably paid a bunch of money for the stadium rights, and, uh, you know, it feels a little different. I feel good about the team overall, but the first data field, let me tell you something. Uh, I haven't been able to get Gene to look up the congressman down there, but a letter might be coming. Let's just say that.
1: Write your congressman. Write
0: him. Always. Always. It makes a difference. But uh, anyway, uh, boy, let's start off on, a, on let's get the bad stuff out of the way. A sour note. Uh, we're going to play a little game called Did David Wright um, play catch today? Because for the first week of spring training, that was a daily update. You'd go, everyone, hey, hey, David Wright picked up a baseball, threw it twenty times from fifteen feet away. So here's my question to you, Tommy. Did David Wright play catch
1: today? I'm optimistic, but I'm I, I think I would have heard about it. I'm gonna say no. What do you got?
0: No, he did not, because he was flown up in a plane to New York. His shoulder has apparently fallen out of its socket onto the floor. This guy is just like he's he's a walking disaster. He's uh, the Mets version of Humpty Dumpty. My buddy's just falling off the wall, cracking all over the place nonstop. And frankly, I feel bad. He's like the the, the baseball equivalent of a guy who treats his girlfriend to like the Jack Daniels ribs every Friday out of Fridays. Because that's the only place they have those. And, uh, you know, he's spending, spending an arm and a leg uh, on her every week, no pun intended. And then like a damn gentleman. And sure enough, he finds a Tinder account a couple weeks later. That's the kind of guy David Wright is. Just keeps getting burned and burned and burned. And, you know, he kills it with kindness, but can't catch a break, that guy.
1: I tell you, kid, David's my guy. He's playing with house money in my eyes. He's been the man for a long time. Sure enough, he is a little long in the tooth, a little fragile at this point in his career. But, you know, maybe when when Terry's on the struggle bus and he's throwing Jerry Blevins in for, like, the 10th day in a row and you're like, this guy, this guy can't pitch again. His arm's gonna fall off. This is Pedro Feliciano part two. Maybe David takes his job. Imagine David jogging out of the dugout, big smile on his face. Everyone kind of calms down. They're like, "Well, we know this guy. He's he's the captain, and he's also our manager." And then you got Keith and Ron, like cracking wise about something in the booth that we don't know about. And they're all kind of laughing. And then it's silent. You know, you know, like a real Mets broadcast. That's that's what I'd like. David Wright running out of the dugout. And, uh, you know, maybe saving the season.
0: All I can hope for with David is that one day we make him the manager, and he's like our Professor X from the X-Men. We get him a little orange and blue wheelchair. He just comes around. Everybody listens to him. And uh, <laughs> that's what I want because Dave, he deserves a lot. He gave everything to the city, uh, you know, more than that, that bum Derek Jeter for sure. Um, you know, it real hard to stay on the Yankees, Derek. You win every year. So Dave, and, he, he, and he
1: lives in Florida.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, Dave sat through the tough times, of which there were many, and uh, I think he deserves a lot. So if I were the Mets right now, I would probably fire Terry Collins, mid-spring training, install David Wright, and just, you know, take the burden of playing baseball out of his hands. Take the gun away from David.
1: I tell you, kid, I'm not mad about it. Maybe even if he was a coach, we had our boy Joe McEwing on during the offseason season. I mean, shout that, out to Joe. Shout out to Joe. Joe was awesome. Like, you know, I see a lot of, in terms of personality and intangibles, there's a lot of, a lot of David Wright, Joe McEwing similarities. I like that.
0: Yeah. Joe's definitely got uh, a more firmer handshake, but, uh, you know, that's great,
1: great handshake.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a genetics, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, another guy that in the, um, I think he's, you know, dead department, Lucas Duder, that guy. Also, with the back, just shows up mashing home runs during batting practice into like, you know, all the way from St. Lucie to Tampa. Everyone's, you know, giving him a big round of applause. Next thing you know, the guy's in the fetal position. He's getting dragged off by uh, two of those old guys in Hawaiian shirts. And, uh, you know, they're jamming a quarter zone needle on his back. What's the deal with this guy?
1: I tell you, kid, you know, I am the number one dude man. I own a Lucas Duda authentic jersey. I was the only man wearing this in 2011. I looked slightly out of place, maybe 2012. One of the two. Ike Davis was still in the picture. All I know is I'm rooting for Duda, not looking great. Guys, big guys that are power hitters, that don't do a heck of a lot more, that have bad backs, genu- generally don't tend to last too long. So I, I don't love it. Uh, but like like you mentioned, I mean, Jay Bruce being around isn't the worst thing.
0: It's not the worst thing. Maybe Duda, since he is a big guy, maybe he's got to go to that Barwis camp. They make everyone lose weight over there. It's like it's like Jenny Craig from Meatheads. They just go in there. He just he just yells his balls off. He screams at you, and then you lose a bunch of weight. You're really good. I like you know little little uh, predict pr- quick prediction here. Just watch Travis Darno. Okay, ah. that guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think he went to Barwis. That guy looks like he's uh, dropped at least. Ten to fifteen pounds gonna rate this year. But yeah, like you were saying, Jay Bruce being there, not too bad. Everybody's, you know, begging, oh, let's trade Jay Bruce, let's trade him for uh let's trade him for a bunch of hot dog buns for Keith's Grill, let's trade him for this reliever, that reliever, and sure enough, now our boy Jay Bruce is probably gonna be in the lineup with Michael Conforto, and that's a beautiful thing. I was telling you before this thing that like usually when your corner infielders go down and you're a Mets fan, you're waiting for them to sign some jerk. Like, w- without the depth we have right now, like the Jose Reyes and the Wilma Flores or whatever, the Mets probably go out, re-sign Ty Wigginton, see what Ike Davis is up to, and try to sell us, you know, try to try to pee on our legs and tell us it's raining. Oh, it's going to be a great season, guys. Don't worry. Believe. You know, they'll come up with a catchphrase. Next year is now. This is the time. Some garbage, and we just have a miserable year. But this time, we, you know, like I actually feel good.
1: I agree completely, kid. And sort of segueing off that, going into the Ahmed Rosario hype being in full swing as, you know, number three in Keith, Law, Keith Law's top 100. Shout out to Keith Law. I love your hot Twitter takes. I love him. He's got a great frame, five tool player. I mean, we've been hearing about him for some time. And the to your point, it used to be in the past when you were looking at these hot prospects, you'd be like, well now I have something to get get by in, in August and September when the Mets are out of the race. But now that I'm more into the team than the young fellas, that means the team's pretty good. You know, I can pull over fan graphs about Rosario and Dom Smith on the off days and, and have a good team to watch, but uh, I have to be honest, watching the kid Rosario is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about him because I, I generally use the Newsday box score to get all my stats. That's kind of how I roll. Uh, pro long island i don't know where you went but uh yeah i've heard good things i mean i see pictures of the guy he's got that cool uh cool abe lincoln rick ross beard that's pretty nice and uh you know he hangs out with jose reyes and that can't be bad because you know jose hell of a shortstop. ahmed is probably the best prospect we've had since jose reyes so you know that's uh there's something to be said for that and i like this if you go on ebay I was trying to get some fake Ahmed Rosario autographs so I could sell them to other people and to take advantage of the hype. Ahmed, his autograph, he writes it in black letters, and he doesn't write his last name. I like that. It's like Prince, or seal, or whatever. He just goes for it. First name only, Ahmed. uh, Is that real? Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Those are the things I like best about him already. Uh, And, you know, the kid's hitting. He's playing a lot of games early. I don't know if he'll be up this year. I think you know. I think as Drooble, I don't want to start dancing on his grave yet. I think he's got yeah, he's got one more year. We got we got Drooby Droob uh, at least locked up till the end of the season. But starting next year, it's Rosario's time to shine for sure. Uh, and as for first base, Dom Smith, the guy you just mentioned, he might be up because who knows what goes on at first base. If, uh, if if Brucey and the Pompadour don't work out over there or they eventually trade him for a bag of balls, it's uh, probably Smith time.
1: Yeah, Smith hit a lot of home runs in a, in a park. The, the Mets A park down in Georgia is a, a tough one to hit the ball out. And apparently Smith showed some great pop there. He's got all the tools. I'm looking forward to it. Looks like the Mets, between Nimmo and, and Rosario and Dom Smith, there is a decent youth movement here. And, uh, you know, it makes me... Put up with Sandy Alderson's strange doublespeak whenever they talk to him.
0: Yes, very true. Sandy Alderson, love that doublespeak. You keep it up, kid, all right? You're doing a great job. But now, I want to trans, I want to segue. I call it a transfer. I want to transfer from Sandy and his doublespeak and our kids to, uh, I got a question for you, Tommy. Shoot. What's your favorite disease?
1: Ah, favorite disease? I'd have to say, uh, Whooping cough.
0: Whooping cough? All right. Well, they'll probably have a stand for that soon. I was hoping you were going to say diabetes. And uh, the reason I said that is because the Mets are adding, according to Darren Rovell, who works for ESPN, they're adding a stand where they just give you cookie dough in a cup. And that's going to be the stand um, that's at City Field for 2017. So while the players are going to the Barwis Institute, they're going to make – uh, our fans in the, in the stands there, we're going to have to eventually buy two seats, two tickets, because of how fat everyone is because we're eating cookie dough.
1: Richie, I tell you the best part is is looking at the, the people watching of the folks lined up for the cookie dough. You're going to have older guys with their kids, teenage girls who are trying to be ironic, and a group of dudes who just look like they walked out of a 311 concert, if you know what I mean. Putting cookie dough in front of some people who just lit up a use the wax or whatever people do these days. It's like putting an ice-cold Budweiser in front of me after a softball game. Like, you know, you put it in front of me, it's going to be consumed. And I'm just picturing looking at the guys with the G-pens in their pockets and all that nonsense, waiting online, eating straight cookie dough and going into a long coma at City Field.
0: See, the, the cookie dough is how I would separate the people that need to just be dumped right into the ocean. If you're getting cookie dough instead of a helmet cup full of ice cream, like a gentleman, like an American, you're a loser. You're a jerk. So, you know, and cookie dough is not even a food. Okay, what food group is cookie dough in? Okay, what's going to be next? They're going to give you a uh, a little bucket, a little helmet cup of relish. You can just go around with a spoon and eat that. Cookie dough is poor people food. All right, and I don't think that City Field should be putting out that vibe. Don't don't be making. I mean, what are they gonna have next? Spam sandwiches? I mean, get the hell out of here, City Field. I don't like I don't like uh, cookie dough, and now I don't like Darren Rovell for telling me that there's gonna be cookie dough in the stadium.
1: I tell you what, kid, they can do whatever they want as long as they have the lady with the heavy hand with the Tito's at the Moscow Mule stand. Uh, you know, they, even though they cost about eighteen dollars, that's that's really all that matters to me.
0: Yeah, the Moscow Mules are great. The only thing that I, the only my only gripe there, I thought the glasses were going to be glass. I thought I was getting a real steel. Um, so a little disappointed there. Wound up throwing it onto the field after a, a bad loss. But uh, you know, I'll still drink it. I, you know, I don't care about the cup anymore though because it, it's not glass, It's just plastic. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we should we should move it on now to the the man of the hour, who showed up the other day. Who will probably never make the Mets, but everyone's talking about him. Tim Tebow. How are you feeling?
1: Hey Tim Tebow. I, I really appreciated him when he was throwing sidearm lefty passes to to Aaron Hernandez and Trey Burton and that loaded Florida team that had like a hundred guys arrested. Uh, shout out to you, Urban Meyer. You know, you are you are Teflon, my friend. Uh, but anyway, that's a different sport and a different time for a different day. But you know, Tim Tebow Hitting a lot of batting practice home runs, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if it's a publicity stunt. I don't know what the deal is. I think he's probably back on the SEC network come September. I but you know what? The guy seems so overly genuine, and uh, you know, so I'll, I'm willing to give the guy a chance. I don't, I don't think he's doing this just for the attention. Um, so I guess I I'm kind of indifferent. So that's a, that's a real hot take.
0: Oh, my God. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, I can tell you this. There's some great trivia now with Tim Tebow being a baseball player. Like, who's the only guy who's ever beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in a playoff game and saved from one in the crowd during a baseball game from having a seizure? Tim Tebow. That's the answer there. Uh, I, I think Tim Tebow hitting BP bombs is great, but keep him in the backfield. It's just one of those things. Like, keep him back there. Let him do his thing. Uh, You know, it's like the crazy kid in elementary school during recess. He had way too much energy. You put him in the playground with everyone else. He's going to crack someone's skull. There's going to be blood everywhere. But, you know, you get him like a punching bag. You hang it off a tree in the back of the school. And you let him wail away for a half hour. It's not hurting anybody. You get some exercise. And that's how I feel about Tim Tebow. You stick him out there. You let him whack the ball over the wall a few times. It's fine. Plus, I have a theory that maybe he came to baseball so that he could put on eye black every day. Because as as you know, we're taping this on Ash Wednesday. And when you wear eye black, every day is Ash Wednesday. You just smush some on your head.
1: I like a kid. He's, How do you like that? I mean, well, he was famous in Florida for going with the, uh, the scripture chapters and verses on his eye black.
0: Right, but you only get to do that once a week. Here... Every day, smush some eye black on Ash Wednesday, like 250 days a year. So, very smart on Tim Tebow's part. Can't do that on the SEC network. A uh, little frowned upon. The makeup people they they don't they don't let you to do that.
1: Yeah, Marcus Spears wouldn't like that.
0: No, not at all. So, you know t- that's my uh, that's my hot take on Tim Tebow and why he's playing baseball. And if it is the case, I'm actually going down to spring training this weekend. Uh, so I will find him and ask him, and if I do ask him, I will be sure to record the answer and play it for all you you wonderful listeners of our, uh, of our, our great show, First Time, Long Time.
1: That would be tremendous.
0: Very good. Well, on that note, now that uh, we've covered Tim Tebow and why he's playing baseball, and that is the reason why, we have some very exciting news. We have our first ever fan voicemail Uh, It's from a guy, Artie, and uh, he had a couple questions for us, so take it away. What's up, fellas? It's Artie, the Prince of Persia, formerly the King of Forest Hills, currently King of North Jersey. How you boys doing? Got a couple questions I want to throw you away. Uh, First, what do you project our starting uh, rotation to be this season? You know, what do you think about Wheeler possibly coming out of the pen? I'd like to hear what you boys think about that. Secondly, uh, what do you make of this rumor that Terry Collins' mother lays his clothes out for him before he goes to bed every night? Uh, personally, I don't think it's a big deal. Some guys apparently are making fun of him in the clubhouse. Anyways, good to talk to you, boys. It's been a while. I'll get back in touch soon. Take care. All right, so here we go. Artie wants to know what you think the rotation is going to be. That's first. He's got one more question, too. What's the rotation going to be? Hit me.
1: I think it's going to be the big four. Our, our boys from the last supper picture, and I think Selman at the five spot. What do you got?
0: I got the big four, and then Lou. That's what I say when Seth Lugo pitches the boy. I uh, still don't agree with his parents' choice and first name. It doesn't match up nicely. Uh, Seth's a weird name. I don't know. It's like the guy from Austin Powers, the, the son or whatever. I, just, I don't like it. Went all to school with a kid named Seth. He stunk.
1: All that matters is that Gasellman comes out. He He's big. He's, oh, he's tall. He's got long hair. And he warms up to the stroke by Billy Squire. I mean, he's he's undefeated in my eyes.
0: And he's going to be rooming with Syngard this year.
1: It always helps. Always helps to be friends with the big guy, you know?
0: Yeah, doesn't hurt at all. It's going to be drinking those uh, those protein shakes full of meat and vegetables or whatever. It's in the gods, do it over there. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, no, I think it's going to be Lugo. And as for Wheeler in the bullpen, I know he's going to be a little crabby about it. Hopefully he doesn't get like Aaron Heilman, who was just unbelievably crabby for a long time with the Mets. Uh, Aaron, I need a birthday party. Heilman is what I used to call him. The guy was just frowning for days. Uh but I think he'll he'll eventually get out of it. I mean, Wheel is going to have an innings limit, so let him hang out there, throw some cheese, strike people out, make up for Jerry Family. Who I don't know. I don't know. Did the suspension guy take like a three month vacation? Why can't Why can't they just tell us already? <laughs> but uh, you know, so we'll we'll get that going, and uh, so I think that answers that. And then the second question from Audie: Terry Collins' mom. There's a rumor going around. Terry Collins' mom lays his clothes out on his bed. Um, what do we think of this? I'll let you go first, Tommy.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we make... I, I think Terry Collins is the kind of guy that is... He's a very organized guy. I think he himself has his clothes carefully laid out. I think he's the kind of guy that probably at the end of the night has, has a bourbon. I, you know, I don't know him. I'm not saying that, but... And then maybe in the morning, he's like the first guy up, does like 45 minutes of calisthenics, and then, you know, drinks his coffee and reads the newspaper. Like, if you told me that Terry Collins slept three hours a night, I would say, okay.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, to me, Terry, I could see him, I, I don't know about his family situation, who's laying out what. I could see him laying out his clothes, though, because when I see Terry, he looks just like the guy that would come over in a sitcom and take the grandmother out who was lonely. He would, he would just he knock on the door. How you doing? I'm Terry. Family wouldn't accept him at first. The little kids would be all freaked out, but sure enough, he'd he'd win his way into their hearts. Get him some tickets to the Met game. Uh, but yeah, he's a very he's a very organized guy and. Uh, and that—that's how I see it. I think it, there's no doubt in my mind that that guy has everything ironed, pressed, nice little. He's—he's he's got a pleat in his jeans. He's that kind of guy. Fun,
1: <laughs> fun, a... fun fact to your point: Terry Cowan slept with Blanche from The Golden Girls.
0: Is that for real? Maybe. Oh, all right. Well, I'm—I mean, <laughs> if you—if you said it, I'm taking it as fact, because he looks like he would be Blanche's husband. So shout out,
1: shout out to you, Blanche.
0: Shout out to Blanche. Shout out to Terry Collins. You, you got yourself some Blanche. Nice job. Uh, so thank you, Artie, for the, the question. That was our first ever, ever voicemail segment. I think it was an A+. plus. It went over uh, 10 out of 10. I'm going to give ourselves a solid pat on the back for that. And with that, we are going to end it with a, um, a segment we've, we've just started called The Ejection of the Week. Now, this one's a little old. It's from last week, but it had us so fired up that you know we had we had to uh, we had to jump into it. So uh,
1: who do we got? I tell you, kid, we got Tom House. And traditionally, I like Tom House. I read a book by the great Bruce Feldman. Shout out to you, Bruce. That's two college football mentions in this podcast. But Bruce Feldman wrote about Tom House. House is a kind of a guru for quarterbacks and, and pitchers. And he recently came out and said Noah Syndergaard's got a better chance of getting Tommy John surgery because he put on too much muscle. So I I don't know, I don't know, kid. I, I don't like this. Like Tom House, like you know, who, who asked you? I assume someone really did ask you, but but come on. Don't don't even put that in the universe. I'm
0: going to go with with you who asked you is right. No one asked you, Tom House. All right. Stick to getting out there and uh, you know, th- helping Tom Brady throw and helping him uh, make his miracle juices and the same with Peyton Manning and all out of the garbage. You're a shade ball. No one wants to talk to you, and no one wants to hear anything about it. Thor, since when is it is it bad to get gains in the gym? Okay, no. Do I go up? Do I go up to the person, the 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 fat guy in the gym, and go, "Hey, you'd probably be a great major league pitcher." No, I go up to the guy who's who's you know swole for days and nights, can't touch his nose because he's got gigantic buys. And I'm like, you know what? You'd probably throw gasoline out there, all right? And then I give him a spot, and we uh, we hug it out for a few minutes because I'm pretty popular at my golds. But, you know, like, Tom House, get the hell out of my face with this. I don't want to hear anything about you. Like, you know, Met fans are all freaked out to begin with. Like, every spring training, we're basically we're basically waiting at a hospice for someone to go down. Like, it's just a bunch of fans sitting around being like, oh, who's going to go first? Who's it going to be? We're all nervous to begin with. So, you know, don't don't take a stick and start, you know, poking at the fire. So, uh, Tom House, you're rejected. I would throw you out of the clubhouse and, frankly... I would do one of those lifetime bands that arenas do, except, like, you know, those are never real. You can always get back in. But with you, I would have your picture up at every uh, at every entrance. You'd never get back into my arena. So, Tom House, you're the worst, and I uh, I hope God wins the Cy Young and dedicates it to you and then spits in your face when he sees you. So, on that note. How do you really feel, kid? Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, that's it. I mean, we'll, we could talk more off air. It's going to probably get a little salty, but try, I'm trying to do this one, uh, PG for the kids. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all we got this week. So, uh, I am going to spring training. Um, I got myself one of those family getaway packages. Uh, I, they told me spring training was in the Dominican Republic when I bought it. Now I'm a little worried because I'm going into Zika territory and i usually i usually time my plane perfect you know i get on there i get some reading going maybe i take a um i take a a sleeping pill or a cialis if i'm feeling crazy and uh you know but now i'm flying to florida i don't know how far that is i don't i think it's a little further than dr it's like closer to south america but we'll get there and uh next week we'll have more spring training we're ramping up to the season it's going to be a good one i think and uh, if you have any vo- any more voicemails, keep them coming. We will be posting the number on Twitter, you know, shortly, today, tomorrow, whenever Gene gets to it. And uh, that's it. Tommy, you got anything else?
1: Let's go Mets. Enjoy Port St. Lucie, my man.
0: All right. Take care. Let's go Mets.
1: Yeah, hey, fellas. This is Chris from New Hyde Park. First time, long time. Hi, this
0: is Bob from Greenpoint. First time, long time here. Hey guys, this is Audi Bevilaqua from Hapog. First time, long time.